Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. How's it going, dude? It's going great, man. Cool. How's it going for you? Yeah, it's all right. I'm good. I've been talking to uh, my mum and dad have been uh, on their, they have a, a sailing boat. That's kind of the thing they do in their retirement. And um, they've uh, they just come back from the Silly Isles, which is kind of like... Silly? Like... like, like S- I know, yeah. S-C-I-L-L-Y, okay. I think. Okay. Maybe there's only one L. I'm not sure. But yeah, basically they're uh they're islands off the coast of uh Cornwall, so sort of south for the like the southernmost point of the UK kind of thing. And okay. um and it's really beautiful out there. They used to be completely populated by pirates because um because oh, wow. uh like you know, they they would put fake um lighthouses out there and have people crash on the rocks and raid their uh, raid oh their God, ships that's and hilarious. stuff. So is this like yeah. a is this like a like a like a big sailboat or like a, yeah it's a, yeah it's, like a, a it's the one that I went sailboat. did I ever tell you I went across the yeah, Atlantic yeah 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 it's that okay. one okay cool so it's pretty big yeah when people say yeah. sailboats and and I, like when I think England and sailboats I immediately go to like the Duran Duran video <laughs> Rio I think it was or something when he's on the sh- he's on the boat oh yeah he's on a, he's on a on a sailboat and it's like this <laughs> big monster sailboat and he's riding the mast or the I don't know whatever the pole thing is on the front he's like riding it and having it you know, I don't know. Other thing. yeah i got it's you. just yeah it's crazy the um yeah it's not <laughs> that big. it's like a i guess that it could sleep about four or something it's like about 60 yeah. foot something like that my wife's like an absolute huge duran duran fan which is why mine immediately goes to that video because she's talked about that video <laughs> no matter what it is times. your mind immediately i've goes probably to heard the story nine thousand times over the course of my marriage of how <laughs> did you know simon lapon almost died because the boat turned over while they were filming the video i'm like oh, yes geez. yes you've told me that story <laughs> <laughs> that's great anyway yeah so they had a lovely time and if anyone ever fancies doing something unusual you should go and visit the silly isles off the coast of cornwall the silly isles. anyway um we have uh nico curiosis on the show today how's it going dude it's going good cool nice yeah um so i think this is the first time we've actually ever met in person isn't it it is yeah it is we've been uh doing the whole kind of social media kind of thing for yeah for a and, couple of and years phone tag yeah, yeah, exactly. We finally managed to meet up and hang out, which is cool because, you know, we know a bunch of the same people, all part of the same music scene here and everything. So it's nice yeah. to finally meet you. Likewise. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Where do you live? I live uh, in West Palm, okay. Southern and Dixie. Okay, it wasn't too bad then. No. Yeah, yeah, like 20 minutes or so. Yeah, my parents live right down the right down the road from here. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Nice, dude. Yeah, bro. All right. Well, were you born in? Are you born and bred Florida? Yep. Cool. Born well, in like West Boca and uh, lived in Boca and West Palm my whole life. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. How old are you now? Thirty-one. Just turned thirty-one last gotcha. week. Cool. I, I I took you for being younger, but take that as a uh, compliment. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can't no one ever takes anymore. me for being younger, so take it as, <laughs> take it as a compliment. <laughs> I'm forty, and I, I don't know. I think everyone just looks younger to me now these days. I'm getting getting old. Anyway, um, so let's get started with these questions. And um, we always kind of ask uh, roughly the same questions. It's just some things that I'm interested in asking people who play music around here. And the first one is, why did you start playing music, and what was the uh, kind of situation surrounding kind of your early musical years well i was uh i was an early early band geek right coming from drums and just wanting to get into any kind of musical circle and when i yeah. got into middle school and high school i was always kind of like trying to get into the jazz band and uh the orchestra and was going into sixth grade i got Given the choice of alto saxophone, and I took lessons all summer, and yeah, like got too. in there really like gung ho about it. Yeah, totally was like showing the smartest girl in class how to play the you know the three notes and stuff. Like <laughs> I was in there, so I, I I was just always fascinated by music, and uh, I wasn't shown orchestral music by my parents. My dad got me into like Kiss and Led Zeppelin and Jane okay. Giles Band and stuff like that. Yeah, so. I remember going to my my buddy's house. He had a little keyboard after I heard Jay Giles' band, and the organ's just like holding like one chord, like and I was like, "Dude, we gotta we gotta do this," you know, like that's that's the jam right there. Yeah, man. And I've always had that enthusiasm for for getting after it. You know, that's awesome. 
That's cool. What, what, how old were you when you started playing the sax? Yeah. That was sixth grade, so... I don't know about I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm bad at correlating age to, to grades, but yeah. sixth I, grade is when I got into the... I, but I was a drummer it. before then. You're probably like Actually. 11 or so. Yeah, about sounds the age about right. I started playing yeah. sax. That's cool. So um, do you play a lot of different instruments then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. definitely. Yeah, me too. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. went from drums to guitar and, and bass and uh, horns and kind of there was a huge gap between them, which I've kind of closed the gap between them. And, and now I, if I work with a saxophone player, I can kind of communicate with them. Sure. You know, like I've, I've learned the, the, the transposing and the, the notes that kind of core. So there's not a real disconnect between being able to communicate with them. Yeah. So that's kind of been a, a real learning experience going from garage band to jazz band and, and vice versa yeah absolutely so um have you, do you played a lot of jazz then i play some jazz i play mostly bass when i'm playing jazz right and uh and i've been also fascinated with just the the four uh four string style like the four string banjo style of jazz oh yeah where like that that kind of like junk 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 junk, sure, junk yeah. that that kind of early 1920s rhythm of, of early jazz yeah awesome yeah i love that stuff too that's killer he um you play uh bass with upright up, you don't you yep i yeah. play i played with them for probably almost three years and before that that was my introduction to bluegrass was grass is dead and then upright hoot nanny that was right, kind of yeah. my my thrust into bluegrass yeah cool we've we've played over the years we played with them uh, a long time ago we used to play with them more i don't know why we used to bump into them at festivals and things like that i think the last time i saw those guys there's a crazy uncle mike's so i was I, I was doing a solo thing before that gig great band oh yeah, yeah those yeah. guys are great cracker i think those yeah. guys <laughs> absolutely um do you are you still playing with them yeah occasionally yeah. here and there they got a couple of bass players that are in the in the rotation Gotcha. At this time, but when when they can't get one of them to line up, I try to make myself available. Yeah, cool. You play an electric bass or a, or a stand up bass? Upright with those guys. Upright, yeah, yeah, nice. I know that on the uh, on the, the social media, you know, they refer to it as as pub grass, and I think Kilbillies can relate to pub grass. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty much exactly what Kilbillies is. I remember uh, <laughs> True and Bolin. They walked off, and some guy came up and said, "How would you guys describe your music?" And I was like, I was like. The guys that could really probably do this the best are not here right now, so I called them Irish-infused Americana pub grass. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's that's the best that, that's, that I could do. That's a good description. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 you know, you could just cut and paste it and call us that as well. <laughs> the same thing, basically. You know, but the the two bands do sound quite different, though. You know, there's um the bluegrass the the way that um Upper play bluegrass is like. They're definitely more legit in the bluegrass arena. Sure, sure, know? sure. Yeah, that's sick though. Um, yeah. So uh, when it came to like um, playing in orchestra and things, what were you what were you playing in it in that? Were you playing the, the saxophone in the, in the? By the time I got to high school, there were so many saxophone players that they actually put me on tuba. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I got used to that kind of that low end, real supportive drive of of an orchestra. Yeah. And towards the end of my high school years, I started to get that kind of that tone and that punch that I was getting from my electric bass. Yeah. And I was I was really kind of blown away about how you could get that same kind of punch yeah. and tone that was that was like, wow. Yeah, know? that's awesome. Yeah, I love it when you see a band that uses a tuba as a as, as the you know the bass part or incorporates it, you know, like the roots and people like that. So yeah, and so I, cool. I love New Orleans the the the, the yeah. brass bands and stuff yeah. like that where they got the sousaphone and they're yeah. they're just honking. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. man. Totally. Do you play the mandolin as well? I play a little bit of mandolin, a little bit of banjo. Yeah, you know, I try to keep myself. We, we host a jam in Fort Pierce every Tuesday, and sometimes oh, that's what that there'll is. be three okay. or four guitar players and maybe a banjo player show up. So maybe I'll play mandolin, maybe no banjo player show up, so I'll play some banjo. Yeah. I try to be able to fit myself. In any group that I've ever been in, even if I'm going in as a bass player, I try to formulate myself to the role, you know, 
if I got to fit myself into here, I'll fit myself into there. Yeah. And if there's room to grow, I'll explore that. But I won't try to force it because that might jar some people the, r- the wrong way, you know? Right, yeah, So yeah. I try to limit myself without thinking of, my, uh, thinking of it as limiting. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Um, when, it, when you do that, so tell us a little bit more about this jam night. I'm interested in this, actually. Yeah, every Tuesday we host a jam in Fort Pierce at Pierce Cider. Yeah. And I'm come down to we that have somewhere. a jam in Boynton Beach at Hurricane Dockside every Thursday. Oh, cool. They're both jams, right? Gotcha. Yeah, they're, they're both, you know, if you play mostly acoustic, you yeah. know, if you, if you have an electric guitar and you can be tasty about it because you're dealing with acoustic instruments. So if sure. you're really going in there to rock out, it might not fit, you know, it might just be too loud or whatever. Yeah. But as long as you can be tasty and fit that, you know, that role, it's... It's a jam. Is it? Like, is it like a? Is it specifically bluegrass? Like, is it like you're playing reels and bluegrass tunes? The Fort Pierce jam is more dedicated to playing bluegrass, right? For sure. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, a buddy will come to the Hurricane Dockside and he'll know dead tunes, and right. we'll play dead tunes for a half an hour, forty minutes yeah. or so. So and that's then, one song, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's like you know you 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 that one's more open to different genres of music. You know, we've had people come in that have an iPod and want to sing to a backing track, right? You okay, know, and we're that's open to that. The other one, the Fort Pierce Jam, is actually fully acoustic. Yeah, okay. so there's no plugging in, there's no PA to put an that's iPod great. or something. That's like what that. I want to. I want to do that at Handlebars. I want to do a jam at Handlebars. A it's, bluegrass jam. it's great because it's yeah. limiting in itself. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's it, it it has a ceiling that you is is there by default. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, authentic essentially as well. You know? Yeah, no, like what you can produce is is what you're gonna give, you yeah. know. And then all of a sudden, all the instruments like the dobros and stuff can shine because you know, yeah. that's what they're built for. Yeah, know? we had a great dobro player come out last night, Damon Wack, and right. he, as a collector of dobros, builds dobros, and he's hasn't come out since you know quarantine and all that stuff. Yeah, but he came out last night, and it was really like you know, and it's a totally different because you know, ninety percent of the people that show up are going to be guitar players. Yeah, a couple mandolin players, a couple banjo players, even less dober players. So when you get those other instruments, it really brings a a vital energy. Yeah. Do you have many fiddle players showing up? Uh, A couple. Actually, we have Tommy hosts the jam, Tommy Colino from Low Ground. He he started hosting the jam, and then Low Ground, after quarantine, came in and kind of had the the, the the trio core of, of guitar, bass, and fiddle. Yeah. And then we have this 14-year-old named Ian Lane who's been coming out right. pretty much religiously. Yeah. And he's a go-getter. Does he know all the standards? Does he, want to, does he got like a... He, he, he came in, he said, I know about 11 tunes. And yeah. then the next time he came in, he said, I know about 15 tunes. <laughs> yeah. The next time he came in, 19 tunes. And he said, I'm like, you add any more to the list? And he says, yeah. I'm like, which ones? You know, oh, and he's, cool. he's, really, awesome. he's really getting after it. And yeah. it's great to, to hear that kind of youthful enthusiasm. Absolutely. It's so fun when, with that stuff as well, with the, that kind of shared lexicon of like of, of, sta- of you know, bluegrass standards. I know quite a few of them, but, you know, there's, there's so many. And, you know, definitely when it comes to, you know, some some like I'm sure you know way more of those than I do because you toast a jam doing it. But, but it's a lot of fun. It's so cool. Yeah, and it's the same thing as as a there's a jazz jam every other Monday at Harold's Coffee in Northwood, and the same thing. Like you get in there, you'll know a couple of tunes, and then be prepared for when somebody says calls a tune that you don't know. Yeah, and you know the jazz realm is a little more touchy because. People have their own changes and, yeah. and and the way they get around the tune and and what have you, but in the bluegrass it's kind of special because once you get your your ear tuned to the group, you can usually kind of catch on. Yeah, you know? exactly, and even if yeah. you you only catch on to like half the the first A section, you can you can jump fiddle your way for lack of a better term, you can fiddle your way through the rest of it. You yeah. know, just kind of navigate yeah. it. And if I'm playing chords, once I get the the tune in my ear. I'm I'm happy just supporting. You yeah, know? sure. Yeah, it's such a good vibe. The uh, 
you know, I, I teach just for sight reading and, and kind of just music comprehension and stuff like that. I teach kids uh, quite a lot of bluegrass tunes when I'm teaching guitar and um, if I'm teaching mandolin. And, uh, you know, I always say to them there's as many versions of this song as there are people who play it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's because of these, you know, the way, because of the way it's played, it's everyone learns it by ear and everyone slightly interprets yeah. it their own way and is encouraged to interpret it their own way, really. You know? Definitely. So, yeah, like yeah. Uh, Amanda's dad, I've been giving him lessons, and he'll come in l- having learned a tune off of YouTube. Yeah. And after we go over it and I'm showing him certain things, he'll show me the way that he's learned it, and I'll go, well, how did you do that? You know, yeah, and, and kind of yeah. get that interpretation of it. And half of it is me wanting to know that they know it, by having to show it to me, sure. you know, so That's it's, smart. it's, it's re it's, it's affirmation through reaffirmation, you know, sure, you, yeah. you gotta, you gotta go, this is how I do it. And then you, you put it down and then you, you know it that much better yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel, I feel like the only way to get a certain kind of inflections as well is to play with people who are accustomed to playing bluegrass because you can play the notes, but then there's a vibe, there's a way of playing it, which, you know, yeah. which is kind of like, you, you can only really get by playing with other people and right. hearing how yeah. they do it. There's what to play and there's when to play it. Yeah. Yeah. And how. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And there's, there's a lot of beginner musicians that are so hell bent on playing stuff they want to play. But then when it comes down to just, being able to play, like there's a lot of there's a lot of great songs that you can play with G, C, and D. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah. they're not just like slow country tunes. They they yeah. got some drive to it. They got sure. some serious emotion to it, and they have some serious groove to it. And there's there's a lot to be learned from them. Yeah, and a lot of fun to be had. So like, exactly. why not? Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I'm gonna come to one of your jams one of these days. Sounds like a lot of fun. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, do you have a uh, when you're writing music? Do you have a, a do you have a do you have a writing process? How, what's your writing situation like? Do you write a lot? And also, if you do, what what's your process? Well, like you said, there's so many songs, there's so many standards out there that I feel like I'm playing catch up, especially coming from a guitar standpoint because right. I've been playing guitar a lot less than bass. Yeah. So. I don't write a lot of songs coming from the bass perspective. Right. So when it, and when I when I'm playing bass, if if I'm jamming with two people and they know the song, I can usually pretty much pick it up, you know, right there, right there yeah, and there. Sure. But if I'm playing the guitar, I feel responsible for having to catch on to that. So I've been really tuning my ear to how to the process of learning songs in real time. Right. So when it when it comes to writing songs, I haven't really been dedicating a lot of set time to that unless I'll just play a riff and it'll go, oh, wow, that sounds like nothing that I've really heard before. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll start to take that someplace. Okay. You know? Like yeah. even that tune, Ruth's Real, I will – I took piece – like probably four sections – of different tunes, right? And put it, put one in this key and one in this key, and oh, I'll keep that there. And kind of took it where, and I mean, that's just the the process of which I I absorbed it, you know, yeah. and, and was able to take it and make it my own, yeah, and try to fit it in a way that made it sound original. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, when it comes to practicing. I mean, we, we are kind of already talking about this, but do you have a process for practicing? Do you practice at home, and and what, and how do you practice? Well, that's kind of the 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 golden aspect of teaching is when yeah. you, teach you teach people how to yeah. practice. Yeah. It it shows you what you should practice. Like yeah. it kind of almost reminds you again. Yeah. You know, you get a you get a student that can't play quarter notes. You know, but or eighth notes, whatever. Yeah. And you you remember it's almost like you know you you just get this 
nostalgia of oh, like that's me. what I should have been doing. Exactly. Yeah. The, the nostalgia with me and teaching is just crazy. Yeah. Like, the, oh, I remember all of the like teachers I've had in the past, and like I kind of feel like I'm part of this kind of like line of people. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I really feel that, man. Absolutely. Yeah, and you and you get this this notion of that's what I've been should have been doing every single day <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you you get back on it and you go okay wow that's still there but then after like 10 minutes of doing something that you know you're comfortable you'll make a mistake and be like wow I need to go I need to I need to go back and practice that you yeah. know just that little thing um of uh you know like I was showing uh Mike one of my students this scale just in thirds and I was like well you can go about it backwards and trying to get it to kind of like correlating to whiskey for breakfast. Yeah. You know, there's a little line in there that kind of uses that same idea. And then I was trying to show it to him and then extracting that from the song to the scale actually was like, wow, I actually don't know this as well as I thought I did. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It really does show up holes in your your knowledge and your playing teaching. Absolutely. And being able to explain something is really the, the mark of knowing it. You know what I mean? Definitely. So, yeah, it's, it's, I got a lot better at guitar when I started teaching guitar pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, just because I was forced to understand the things that I did understand, but but there were some kind of, like, shadowy areas around the edge, you know? Right. And I've definitely kind of, like, cleaned that all up just, yeah, through teaching, really. Well, when I went back to Palm Beach State, I was almost 30, hanging out with kids that were almost 20. Right. Right? And they're really just coming from high school into college for the first time. Yeah. And I'm going over this stuff and, and certain things that I learned with groups like The Grass is Dead and Upper Hoot Nanny and, and even the Funky Nuggets back in the day, just certain musical fa- – like, okay, yeah, G7 goes to C. It's a theory. But when everybody plays a G7, they go to C. It's pretty much a musical fact in that room, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. like, certain things I would learn in real time and then I would tell it to people the, – guys 10 years younger than me and then i would almost get frustrated with them in the practice room because they're not getting it but like man i've been playing this stuff four nights a week for three years i've had my time with it you know but then i wouldn't hang out with them for a week and they'd go back and hang out with their friends and and they'd come back to me going like well i hung out with this guy and i had to explain him what a 1625 was and what this note was going and i'm like oh yeah cuz last week you didn't really know that stuff and because you had to go and teach it yeah. to somebody else it drove it home you know yeah, and yeah. now you know it's a fact because you kind of knew but now you had to make sure that you could explain it and so now you study jazz or music or just a little bit of everything man right. like i mean jazz goes through so many keys Sure. And I mean, I learned more about jazz by listening to the Grateful Dead and and certain just jam bands yeah. that would just hang on two chords. And I could get the sound of it in my ear. Yeah. But the 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 going from different keys and stuff that was that's a constant learning process for, for me. For sure. Me yeah. Too. yeah. Yeah. It's it's a different it's a different world. And you know? I feel like there's times when I'm like better at it, and times when I'm not. It just seems to ebb and flow, depending right. on how much brain space i'm giving it i guess right yeah, yeah. yeah. no that's it the attention yeah. and the focus in the time is uh that's 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 what separates the then from the now kind of thing <laughs> yeah absolutely um so can you tell us a little bit about your band low ground trio like how did it all come together and like what what what's it all about like what kind of music do you play and stuff for for the, for the listener who knows nothing about you well low ground started from a very steady, slow building process. So me and Amanda got this gig at the Hurricane Dockside on Thursdays. Yeah. And he's and you know, I know John, the guy who owns the place, and he's like, I want you to come play music and you can bring whoever you want. And I was like, Well it's kind of touchy because I could get people to come, but we're kind of quarantining right now and it's sure. you know, you can't really be within six feet of people so you know and i was i was down to play bass with this guy victor who's since passed away but he you know he was sick and i was like i can't really get him to come and and pick and i got to be six feet away from him because that would be a cool thing to do so i was like well amanda can play bass i can play guitar so we'll come and just do that and then we went then the fort pierce jam the tuesday night jam sprouted 
And me and Amanda were going up there, and Tommy was like, well, this is kind of cool, you know? So the trio kind of spread or started from that coming together after quarantine and everything from that – the kind of separation that happened, we came together and we're like, well, let's just let's just go ahead and do this because yeah, we don't have a following, but we can certainly entertain. If there's five people there, we can entertain them. Yeah. That's not a problem. Because you know? I noticed you kind of bubbling up around, you know, from from sort of, you know, a couple of months into quarantine. And I was like, oh, what's this? Kind of keeping an eye on it just because, you know, I play kind of rootsy Americana music myself. And so I was like, yeah, we're oh, on the same know, radar. A, yeah, there's another, you know, there's another 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 band in town yeah see what this is all about <laughs> yeah so, and um you know it, it just seems like it's going really well and you can never have too much uh bluegrass in the air in this area i think yeah, and, and like you said like everybody does everything so differently you know i would yeah. have no problem putting low ground like killbillies upper hootenanny on the same bill because even if we did by chance do the same song it's going to be, be done different. differently, yeah, you know? Exactly. And actually, that's what opens up a, uh, an avenue where, you know, we'll jump up there, you know? Yeah. And, or, you you know, vice versa. Like, yeah. that's what opens up those kind of spontane. That's why also, like, the jam band scene also with the bluegrass scene, they're, they're, they're not as separate as they certain people within those scenes might think. Yeah. Because it actually is very spontaneous yeah. and has those opportunities for people to really come together and get into some new things together. Yeah, yeah man. So um, there's that festival that I've been keeping an eye on. And I, I, we didn't, didn't get to do the one in the fall, but I think um, I think I might have wheedled us in for the one in the next spring. But you're playing that Farm to Grass, right? Oh, yeah, Farm to Grass. Yeah, yep. you did the last one as well, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it looks really cool, man. So that, that property is actually where me and Amanda originally met Tommy. Oh. Was was there because that's our buddy Mike's place and, yeah. and and Joe and that's like they have Thanksgiving campouts, Sounds New Year's cool. campouts and stuff like that. Yeah. So we just show up there and back then I was I was busy the whole weekend, so we'd show up late Sunday night and just kind of like shh, like in like when everything's <laughs> kind of dying down, we just get in there pot of coffee and yeah. pick till the sun comes up that's awesome you know? that sounds so cool and now it's it's exploding to this this whole thing where it's you know it i know it's not going anywhere because it's it's really as awesome i've been to festivals and it's as sure. awesome as it can be times 10 yeah that's cool awesome. that's such so good to hear like you know i i, I could you just gives off this vibe of being awesome. I can kind of tell it's awesome from afar. <laughs> like, yeah, the, it's you know, great. Yeah. It's great. Everyone everyone who talks about it online just seems to be, you know, such sort of loving words about it. So, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to try and come to the next one as a punter and then see if I can, uh, see if we can play the one in the spring. Cross fingers. If you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. <laughs> you, you heard him. <laughs> he knows. I was, uh, I was, uh, I, I was kind of spamming him a little bit a few months and ago. He comes He's down, okay, he nice comes down to the jam at the Hurricane and, yeah. and Fort, he was there last night at Fort Pierce. Cool. He came, my you birthday play. was last week. He came down. That's cool. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great community. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, I feel like, Kilbillies needs to uh, I we need to come and hang out with all the other people playing bluegrass once in a while, you know. Please do. <laughs> so, um, do you have any? Uh, you're quite a new thing, really. But do you have any kind of what plans for the future? You got any touring plans or recording plans? Or uh, we're in the process of getting some. We're actually expanding. So we're the trio is the the set gigging group. Right. And we've recently added Isaac Taylor on the banjo and Trevor mm. Klutz on the mandolin. Cool. So once we can get that five piece into yeah, a real tight, learn each other's originals, you know, yeah. man has got some, I've got some, right. Tommy's got some, right. I'm sure they have some. Sure. Once we can get those together, because right now we're just doing like city gigs, different gigs for different venues. And sure. when we can afford to have all five, that's, I love it because. Honestly, like I consider myself a rhythm guitar player, just right. like I, I was a rhythm player for bass. Yeah. And you know, if I have to take only one fifth of leads, 
that's cool with me. Sure. You know, so yeah, like yeah. when I have all of them, it's definitely a it lot of fun. It feels really good. Like when sometimes when we get a fiddle player um, play with us and stuff like that, you know, because I, I do a lot of the kind of, you know, noodling for want of a better word in the band. And it's nice to have nice to have some of the load taker. It's great when you can share it around like that. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. And that's yeah, kind yeah. of the, the, the whole kind of concept of bluegrass yeah. is you 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 take your piece and and it goes around yeah. and yeah. and you know somebody sings one and and then it goes keeps going yeah you know? absolutely yeah. and it gets less monotonous because you can have five guitar players in a band but that's different than when you have mandolin banjo fiddle guitar yeah. Yeah. and then a bass take one like that's it, it gets really exciting yeah it fills it out fills it out nicely yeah different points of view within the musical spectrum absolutely yeah yeah. lovely I've always been a you know I I feel like you know for me I think when I kind of realized I liked blue so the first thing I heard that was kind of Americana-ish was have you ever heard that weird album that Mark Knopfler put out called Notting Hillbillies (laughs) I'm not familiar okay so really I'll, t- I'll check it out. It's actually pretty good. It's 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 kind of weird. Mark Knopfler like, awesome, so yeah, I believe it. Yeah. And um, anyway, so so that <laughs> was came out when I was when I was like I don't know around ten or eleven or something, and then um, then I wasn't really thinking about that kind of thing, listening to other stuff. But then, um, when punk started, because I was in a punk band for years, and then punk started to go all folky with Against Me and every all those kind of bands, and then. And then I, I started digging deeper into this folk and stuff. I also have a, a relatives who I've, my uncles are plays a, in a folk band, and I and then that was around the same time that I, I um, started going out with my now wife Christy, who's American. And I just started getting more and more into Americana and that more listening to more and more bluegrass. By the time I moved here, that's like all I was listening to, like crazy. <laughs> I just became obsessed with it. Never really went away, you know. But it's a relatively new thing for me, really. You know, like sort of fifteen years. You know, I didn't. I didn't grow up listening to it. Well, I I was in a ska band for seven years in high school, right. and that's not a far cry from the punk rock scene. Yeah, sure, exactly. And I noticed that, I'll, like after you know after the shows and everybody's hanging out the house, I'm like, people are hanging out playing acoustic guitars, playing Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash tunes. Yeah, and and then I realized, like, the more that that kind of developed itself. It started to get into uh, there's this band called the Howling Winds. Yeah, I know those guys. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, you know what? These punk rock guys, they just want something to be able to like. They don't want to bring their amps out by the fire. They want to bring a bottle of whiskey and acoustic guitar, yeah. and this is what they're gonna do. You know, yeah. this is this is the natural evolution of wh- where like you know. Within a night, you know, you, you rock sure. out on stage, you got amps, and and you're, nah, 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 nah. but then you get out to the fire, and you really just want to hear Sunday morning coming down, yeah. And that's part of the the evolution of of the self and the musician and the whole thing of it, yeah. You know, so I, I and now you know Billy Strings sure. is is really breaking down walls, yeah. As far as you know, metalheads are coming to those shows going like, yeah. this is throwing it down, yep. you know? And that's part of, you know, some of those guys, they're they're not just growing up, but the the musicians are going to them and going, yo, it's it's cool over here. You yeah. know, it's not just like kumbaya yeah, or something yeah, like that. You yeah. know, it's cool yeah. over here and, you know, it, this is the jam, you know? Yeah, over totally. there, it's cool to do that, but over here, it's also cool to do this. I feel like with acoustic music and folk music and bluegrass and things, it kind of comes in waves. It's a bit like Scar in that way. But like, you know, about sort of 10, 15 years ago, there was a wave, dipped a little bit. And I feel like we're kind of back in one now, you know, it's like just Definitely. Sort of goes up and down. But, you know, I guess it's just the nature of things. Yep. Um, yeah. So, all right. Um, why don't we uh, why don't we listen to you playing a couple of tunes? Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right. Let's do it. My name's Nico. And I'm from Low Ground. And I'm glad to be here. And this first tune's called Dark Hollow. I'd rather be in some dark hollow Where the sun don't ever shine Than to be home alone Knowing that you're gone 
would cause me to lose my mind. So blow your whistle, freight train. Take me farther on down the track. Well, I'm going away. I'm leaving today. I'm going, but I ain't coming back. In a small room with you on my mind. So blow your whistle, freight train. Take me farther on down the track. Well, I'm going away. I'm leaving today. I'm going, but I ain't coming back. Padres of the old Sierra Madre. Like they planned it. Well, danger lies with those who stray along the secret hideaway where death is sure to welcome anyone within the law. So if a man must run from any long man's gun, he'll find compadres in the old Sierra Madres. Thank you. 
who stray along the secret hideaway Where death is sure to welcome anyone within the law So if a man must run from any lawman's gun He'll find compadres So 561 Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill. Um, it's a biker bar in Tequesta, and um, it's a lot of fun over there. There's got great beers on tap. We've got um, really awesome food. Bernsey, the chef, um, d- does wonders with that little kitchen. You should go check it out. And um, it's – so it used to be called Judy's. It was a, uh, a local spot that um, – has been there for years and years and years, um, you know, decades and decades. It's been a biker bar for a really long time. And uh, it was just starting to get a little bit sort of worn down. And so my father-in-law um, took the reins and he's uh, cleaned it up. And, uh, and uh, with, the, with my help and the help of a bunch of other people who's got the place going again, um, we, you know, we've got hit cold beer and proper AC and the place is clean and, and nice and it's actually like a real functioning all the, bar now. All the essentials of Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cold yeah, beer yeah. and AC. Yeah, and... Uh, and you got and, live music there now. Yeah, live so. music now too, yeah. yeah. So we've got live music. There's a bike night every second Thursday um, that goes from six to nine. There's um, music every Sunday from four to seven and we have music on Saturday nights from six to nine as well. And uh, it's a good laugh. You should come check it out. You know, if you've never been there, there's loads of um, very interesting uh, characters you'll find in there that you definitely won't find anywhere else. It's, a, it's certainly a unique destination bar. So come and check it out. Absolutely, man. Yeah. yeah. So you had a, a few quite interesting pedal uh, pedal choices there, and I know that Justin's got them uh, got them queued up. Um, I wonder if you could bring up that first one. Can you tell us a little bit about this thing? That thing I just got from John Stickley, yeah. and he's a, an amazing guitar player, lives in Asheville. And what is it for it's the people a listening? Dual channel preamp. So right. channel one, I'll run an SM57 into, so I can get that dynamic of leaning into it. Yeah. And then channel two, I'll run my mic pickup, the K and K that I got out of my guitar, yeah. and the knob all the way to the right is a mix knob so you can actually Neat. blend them and each channel has its own EQ and it's just and it's an amazing pedal and it really makes like actually right after I got that thing I played a gig with Upper Hootenanny and my yeah. upright bass pickup died and I had to use a fiddle pickup on my oh, bass wow. and I plugged it into that thing and it the first set was like clink 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 and then I plugged into that and it was just a just oh, this wow. big full sound. I was like, "Wow, this thing really saved me on this thing." Oh, that's cool. you know, yeah. that's amazing. It's it's a great piece of equipment. I love what you're doing with the guitar. Is that so that you can really kind of preserve uh, the tone of the guitar? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like just the pickup really squashes the sound and the projection of the of the guitar. Yeah, that K and K has that little condenser mic inside the guitar. Yeah, which preserves a lot of the tone but then you don't get that dynamic unless you have a boost pedal yeah or something to so yeah. and i don't care to use all that even though that, that thing has it on there i'd rather be able to because my rhythm is strong so when i when i back off of it i don't really plus when you're playing bluegrass it's a hard that's a grounding music yeah. you know and when you lift your foot up that could throw you off and when you're playing with a banjo that's really driving like isaac yeah. Like if you miss one little yeah. it's totally gone. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'd rather just be able to back up and keep that train running, yeah. you know? Sure. Yeah. That's really interesting yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. The, and the um you know, I I I think that 
I've went a completely different route with it. But the, at, at, at times there have been, I've certainly sort of looked into that approach, like using the using the mic for the solos and stuff. It's really cool. It's and touchy when it comes it well. to man, uh, monitors. It's right. very touchy and you can get into a lot of gray area and feedback and stuff. But yeah. once once you dial it in, it's it's really special yeah and it's you know that's if you're playing bluegrass you're doing it the right way you know i applaud it um so what else have we got there justin you got got any other uh what what's this guy all about that's pretty that that cavern's uh reverb and delay that thing is just a very versatile pedal right so if i want a little bit of reverb which if i'm using my amp my quilter with my guitar, I'll have a little bit of reverb and I'll keep that thing real wet. But yeah. if I if I'm just using that, I'll keep that the reverb pretty dry. Yeah. And then just the delay for just little, very subtle, different moments. Like right. if I'm doing a chromatic line, I'll hit the delay so it gets like like washy. Yeah. And then the cool thing about this pedal is that when you open up the back, there's a a slide where you can have the delay either cut the note when you click it off mm-hmm. or it bleeds. Yeah. So like if I if when you I have it off right now so when I click the delay off that last note that I hit before I clicked it off will still go yeah, like still yeah. delay oh, which is cool. awesome. I I feel like that is it just it preserves the ambiance yeah of like it, makes it sound know? more organic yeah yeah for yeah. sure the the one that the way i have mine set up means it can't do that which really pisses me off yeah it's, yeah it's so it's so cool because you can hit it off and keep it going and you'll hear that little trail yeah past where you clicked it and then it it just knows you know i'm not a tech guy but it just knows yeah. that that's where you stopped it and the little trail will trail off and then you're you're done with the delay. Yeah. And my, it's great. My DD6, I had a Boss DD6, and I, that could do it. I used to love that about it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so cool. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's badass. So I think we've got one other picture of your gear um, there. This thing, uh, this is the, is this the thing that you use to split the signal? Yep. yep. Yeah. That's so cool. that's, a, as you can see there, it's, it's a mic and a pickup input. Right. So there's the condenser mic in the guitar and a, three sticker transducer under like in the guitar right and that blends the two and those two knobs are volumes for both of them yeah and i mean i'll i'll swear by this thing because even if i use it with my amp in a live band setting that condenser is on a very flexible arm Right. So if I need a sound hole blocker i just put that in there and bend it in towards the guitar turn the mic pickup off and oh, I'm just using the pickup. And oh, at that point, smart. I mean, you're dealing with so much volume that I'm not really... Being a tone. I mean, I, I love... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not a terrible sounding tone. It's a good sounding tone. Yeah. But you're not getting that, that warmth of the microphone. Yeah. But that outweighs the fact that you're just going to be dealing with so much feedback. Yeah, my uh, my friend Zach would... Uh, this is this is how he always wanted me to have my setup with a Martin and a, sit, a situation like this with the with the mic bleeding. He's I'm I'm going to have him listen to this so he can gloat over it. <laughs> He's I, love I it. highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, and in yeah. a live setting, it's in, in a low volume live setting. When you got amps and drums and stuff, it's yeah. a little different ball game. But when you're playing with a blue, actually, so that pick that K and K, I actually messaged Jake Workman who is uh, Ricky Skaggs guitar player. Yeah. And he won the, you know, IBMA guitar player of the year last year. And I messaged him. I I saw that little pencil condenser in his guitar, and I was like, dude, what are you using? Because I know Fishman makes another one, but they have an onboard preamp. Right. And it really kills the acoustic presence of the guitar. And even with that, you can get the onboard preamp version, but that little, I call it my jetpack. You know, that thing just goes right on my belt. and. I mean, that guitar sounds exactly the same, plugged in, acoustic. There's no yeah, loss of yeah. sound and volume and yeah. push. Super cool, man. Super cool. It's the first person who's come on who's had a set up that legit, man. I'm very jealous. And, you know, one of these days I'll get a Martin. I don't know. When the boat comes in, maybe I'll sell my car <laughs> and get mine. <laughs> I, 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 highly, I highly recommend it. Yeah. No. 
That's awesome. So let me ask you, um, we've been talking about, uh, in terms of gear, we've been talking about your guitar and, and, uh, and different pedals and things you use for the guitar. For your um, upright bass, what do you what do you ha- what have you been using to amp that up? Is it a preamp or is it something else? Or it depends. I have a, a sound clip realist that I borrowed. I'm currently borrowing from my buddy Jeff Adkins, and uh, that needs a preamp because that's a transducer clip that clips right on. I mean, it's great if you need to take it from one bass to another. That's a great way. Right. Yeah. Then I have this. I forget what even kind of realist it is because I ordered one off a of reverb and they sent me another one. And I was like, I'll try it. It's a transducer that goes under the foot of the bridge and quarter inch in. That doesn't need a preamp. That sounds great by itself. Right. And then I, what we've been using because we don't really use monitors and that much in general. And if it is, it's low volume. Yeah. We've been using the Ear Trumpet Labs Nadine, okay. which is a awesome condenser microphone can be prone to issues if you're dealing with a lot of stage volume. Yeah. Yeah. But it really <laughs> like I played I played a gig, I did two gigs with Upper Hoot Nanny at Deck 84, used the pickup, and it was fine. No complaints. Plenty of bass, plenty of volume, whatever. We went to Tim Finnegan's that night. Quiet yeah. room. Yeah it is. Wood small pub. <laughs> great. Yeah. And I plugged that Nadine in and True was like Ooh, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just so warm and and a lot. I don't of know the... what it is about that room though, as well. Like we, with there and something about their PA. Last time we played that, our, we were real quiet. Our sound was amazing. Sounded amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's so oh my good. God. It was like silky. The sound. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a good gig in there. Yeah, room. I was just I was just curious because I I find myself um, I've gotten better at it, but I find myself fighting feedback a lot. Um, and, uh, my, my first upright bass had a, uh, just a transducer in it and, and it was fine. Just, you know, quarter inch and that was it. Right. Um, this, this one has the, uh, the rockabilly, uh, rockabilly pro, I believe it is. And it's just like, it's a box kind of hangs off the front and then there's, and then there's two pickups. One is at the foot of the bridge. Mm-hmm. And the other one is up underneath the fingerboard. On the fingerboard. Oh, and they have yeah. individual volumes. So oh, that's like, better for the – yeah. Yeah, right. it has individual volume, volumes for, for both of them. But then the the box itself, um, it's basically a preamp. And the box itself has all sorts of like bass, mid, treble, um, uh, low cut, presence, uh, gain, presence. Right. Like, it, you know, it's got it's like a – Like a sand sample. Yeah, it, yeah, it has a ton <laughs> of like little features and things. And I – I, you know, I I just took it for granted when I first got it and was like plugging it in and playing and I, sometimes it would sound great and sometimes I'd get a lot of feedback and I'm just now getting to where I've had it for about what, maybe eight months now or something, yeah. seven months. And you're re- really digging deep into now, it. Now. Yeah, now I'm starting to kind of dig deep and, and find that like you know, there's like a little frequency thing on there that, that helps me cut back some of the feedback and stuff. Right. So the last couple of gigs, I think it's been starting to sound good, but I was just, yeah. I was just curious because I, I get on all these forums and everybody talks about like, you know, 300 different things that they use um, right and and you know and but and everybody's like i use this and i only use this and this is the only thing that you should use ever because it's the <laughs> only thing that works but then you talk to the next guy and they're like oh that's crap i use this yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like so i was just curious what you use well, more i than feel like acoustic else. instruments is very you know it's it it's just a, a sort of mysterious world. There's so much that can go wrong amplifying acoustic instruments. So I guess everyone just Definitely. has their method. Whenever they find something that works, they stick to it. You know? right. There's an irony <laughs> in that, that, that it's the you know, acoustic instruments, are, there's a simplicity to them, but there's so much that can go wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's a lot of variables. Yeah. That's yeah. another good thing about that Felix, and there's, that's the dual channel. So if like, you had a pickup on your bass and you wanted to use a microphone, that'd be a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. But they also have the Alex which I believe is the single channel, I think it's got an XLR input and a quarter-inch input. Right. So if like you wanted to just have one unit, one channel, if you wanted to go with a microphone or a pickup, you just vary it. You know, If you right. try the microphone and you're getting feedback, you try the pickup. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. That, that, um, that Rockabilly Pro that I've got on there, um, it actually has – so it's got the two pickups and I can have individual and stuff – um, it actually has two quarter inch outputs on there though. Um, and so I, I, if I'm not mistaken, 
the one I use, the quarter inch output I use is for both of them together. But the other one I can use, I th- I think it's for, just for the neck. I think it's just for the neck one yeah. if I want to isolate that for some reason. Right. Yeah. And, and so, that will probably split the two. Yeah. So like you could as send as it as out of one it. and send it out of right. two. Yeah, and I exactly. actually have the uh, the the base cabinet and base head that I use for it. Um, I run it through a uh, a Mark base head that actually mm-hmm. has a lot like your pedal. It has two inputs with a blend. Right. And yeah. so theoretically, I could run two quarter inches to that amp head and then blend it however I want. So. Yeah, right now we've amp, been running the but, kick, we've been running but, a kick drum through the bass. We've been running. <laughs> yeah, we don't use. Yeah, we don't, we don't typically use a uh, a sub. So what we yeah. do is, since I had the second input, we run right. a quarter inch for the uh, from the board. Um, yeah. for the kick drum into there, and it kind of doubles as a sub. In so. case you're wondering why um, we're not sort of sitting pretty right in the middle of the bluegrass scene, Hector, it's because we have drums in our band. People uh, aren't happy about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, don't, they don't take too kindly to that. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. We're, out, we're outcasts. Rebel, rebels. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing, though, is uh, I found it, because they don't sell them down here very much, but the Phil Jones bass amp, I found it on Facebook Marketplace. Just like oh, I cool. found, I went on Facebook Marketplace at like eleven o'clock at night. Got posted like an hour beforehand. Went the next day, checked it out. It's two five-inch speakers. It has two inputs. I mean, it's for low, low, lower volume, but they got larger size yeah. amps. But Phil Jones is a producer and a bass player, right. and he really knows. I mean. I've played gigs where I showed up. I mean, this thing is like the size of it's like a thick, like a lunchbox. You know, it's not very big. Oh, that's amazing! And I've yeah. shown up to gigs where people are like, "You're playing with that thing," and I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, I got a little bigger bass amp in the car, and just in case. But I turned it on. Just, I mean, on on those larger gigs with drums, I crank it. But I mean, they're like, "Wow, I can't believe that kind of sound comes out of that little box." Wow, cool. Yeah. And that's what is awesome. that, Phil? Phil. PJB, but Phil Jones bass. Right. I have to look that up. Yeah, I run I run that Mark right. bass head through a uh, an orange cabinet right now, but it's the uh, it's the right. orange the two, two. Yes, yeah, the two twelve. It's the isobaric two twelve, where it's one in front of the other. Right. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and so and so the cabinet is like this, but it's yeah. a two twelve. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool actually. Yeah, it only weighs like yeah, it weighs like thirty five pounds or something like nice. that. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, so um. Yeah, we got Where some. Where are you uh, playing this this weekend? Have you got it written down there? Uh, yeah, we got some dates. Uh, yeah. So every Thursday, you guys are uh, Hurricane Dockside. Yep, and okay. Boynton. And Boynton. Gateway yeah. and Congress. And that's an that's an open jam. Yep. Okay. And every Tuesday, you guys are at Pierce Cider Works in Fort Pierce, and again, that is a that is the Sunrise City Bluegrass Jam. Yep. So yeah, that's that's, that's a that's a more traditional bluegrass jam and you don't have to bring anything but your instrument awesome. the other one if you want to plug in we have a board we usually have channels available unless a bunch of people show up but that thing that one you want if you want to sing some bring a microphone or you can use ours but if you want to plug in your instrument bring a cable and yeah and the appropriate technology yeah sure sure and then uh this sunday you guys plan at sticky bun yep okay that that, place that's is, the trio uh that will be the trio. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. Cool. And then that's I a was, great sandwich spot in Deerfield. Oh, cool. And then I was noticing that uh, that next week you guys are playing uh, Wednesday and Thursday. You're playing up in Orlando in Margaritaville, so that should be that should be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Come get a come get a room and hang out with us. Yeah. That, that, uh, <laughs> yeah don't tempt me. That sounds fun. <laughs> Put on your Hawaiian shirt and cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Getting rocking. Right. And, uh, what, and Ben, what, what are Killbillies doing this weekend? Because uh, yeah, I'm out of town, so I have no idea what Killbillies doing. Not, this weekend. You're not going to be. <laughs> here, I'm going to be in Minnesota street painting, so yes. I will. Uh, I yeah. will not be here. I'll be roasting in the sun, chalking, okay. chalking my life away. <laughs> That's awesome. So we're playing Brick and Barrel on Thursday, but um, by the time this comes out, that will be over. But in case you want to check Brick and Barrel out, it's a place that's really cool. It's an Abacoa. Um, it's like a gastro pub. We play there on the first Thursday of every month, me and James as a duo. Then me and James are playing as a duo from four to seven at Guanabanas on Friday. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're playing as a duo at the Square Grouper from three to six at the Square Grouper in Jupiter from on three to six Saturday. on Saturday. And then from nine to midnight. I'm playing at Island Root in Stewart, which is a carver bar. If you've never had carver, you should come check it out. Is that also on Saturday? Stuff. 
Huh? That's also on Saturday? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Busy weekend for you guys. And then on Sunday, I'm playing um, at Palm Beach Meats from 4.30 oh, to 8.30. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, I've never been there before, but they're doing um, some kind of special event. Um, I think they've got some guest chefs coming, and it should be. It sounds really exciting. It's going to be something to do with beef, wagyu beef, I think. Nice. Um, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be awesome. I'm re- really looking forward to uh, to some meats. That's going to be <laughs> a, delicious meats. It's going to be uh, like when we play out at the farm, and it's you know, oh yeah, like, like Swank their, Farm. Yeah, Swank Farm. That, these guys have they're, been out to Swank Farm, but it, it'll be just like that where they're like roasting all this oh, they beautifully don't, they delicious have any. food. And yeah. it's all, <laughs> yeah. we're up on the big stage, yeah. and it's all just wafting, <laughs> wafting up at and and we're like, oh, this smells so good. Oh, we got three more hours to play. <laughs> <laughs> then by the time we're done playing, the food's all gone. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be the goes. same thing. Don't get too excited. You're not you're not going to eat. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. It's all right. I'm not sure I necessarily need it anyway. So um, all right then. We'll miss you. Yeah, but yeah, we are busy. We got it's the, the 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 train never stops running. No man. Uh, um, all Thanks. right. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank absolutely. you. And um, you. nice to meet you in person. You certainly did not disappoint. Yes. And, <laughs> and uh, cool. Yeah. All right. So um, see you next week, guys. Yeah. Next Peace. time.